Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you. That's the voice of Dick Warren. And thank you, dear listener, for being with us again. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Here as I am uh, almost every darn week with Alex Terranova, Professional Certified Coach. Alex, say hello to the people. Hello, people. Hi, humans. (laughs) Did I was was there something else more important going on? Did I interrupt you? I'm not. No, where you told me to say hi to the people. I follow instructions. I've been conditioned to, to do what I'm told. <laughs> and now we're in an argument, and I'm sorry, that's my fault. Uh, the uh, I just it seemed like you were distracted there for a minute. Uh, anything you want to share with I the mean, class? You know, I mean, looking at you is always slightly distracting. You get lost <laughs> in your eyes and your gaze. Um, what do I want to share with the class today? Uh, well, I shared with you right before we started. I put. Um, put my first offer in on my first ever house that I would live in, um, which was terrifying. And I'm really glad I was a coach because I got to like coach myself out of the fear, right? I was like trying to screw it up. It was like, well, that doesn't work. I probably shouldn't make the offer. I should probably go offer less than other people. <laughs> like I was, my brain was doing all these wacky things to sabotage the opportunity, you know, whether I, you know, I knew what my top number was, but I was like wanting to sabotage. I was wanting to find everything wrong with it. And uh, I had to actually go through like almost a little mini coaching in my head where I would say, Hey, have you ever taken on more responsibility financially than you've ever had? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, have you ever messed it up? And it's like, no, it's like, okay, what are you worried about? It's like, nice. I basically had to do a series of questions like that. And at the end I was still scared, but then I reminded myself too, that like, I should be scared. It's not in my comfort zone. It's a new, it's a new adventure. It's a new opportunity. Nice. What was it about now? Sorry. Do you mind if I interview you about this for 30 seconds? No, what no, was please. It, what was it about now that you decided? Cause you don't strike me as a guy who's necessarily prone to commitment. So what was it that had you now choose to say, okay, I'm going to choose this spot in California as my home. So I never, act, I never wanted a house. I'm 39. I've never wanted to own a home. It seemed like a big waste of energy. I'd rather invest my money into other things. And, um, and in my last relationship, she had a home and I loved like the feeling of being in that home and like that, that experience. And when that relationship ended and I had, you know, my dog, I remember there was this and you know this because you have kids, there was this sense of like, it sounds silly, but I was like, I want a backyard for my dog. Like I want to provide a better life for her. Um, and that kind of started it. And then I just was like, why not? You know, it doesn't, I don't, you know, we think of it as like a home, but if I decided I didn't want to live in San Diego, well, I can, you know, rent it out. I could, you know, Airbnb it. I can do whatever. There's so many options that I felt like, I can live in it. I can take on that responsibility. I'll enjoy it. I'll have fun with like that project. It's scary. It'll push me to grow. It'll force me to make more money. It'll like be another reason to, to grow my business more. And if I don't, if I decide I don't want to be in the house, well, then I'll figure it out when I get there too. I feel like I should go back and say, you don't look it. Oh, I don't look 39. You're right. 
Thank you. I feel like I feel like that's the thing you should do when someone says their age. You should always say that. No, thanks for that comprehensive answer. And um, congratulations. Do you know if you got it yet? I don't know. I, I'm guessing I could find out today if I'm like, you know, I'm in the market where in it's like, I don't necessarily expect to find out I got it. It could be like a, Hey, this is their counter. Um, I pretty much made my highest offer right up front. And I think, um, I think I'll be in the top. So if they come back with a lot more, I'm like, you know, people are acting desperate. I'm not desperate. So if people want to pay desperate amounts of money so they can have a house, because I don't know what they think, like the world's going to end and they won't have a house when it ends. um, They can, I, I can be patient and wait for the right house at the right time. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for all of that information about that. And um, uh, I guess we can stay tuned for next week to find out (laughs) if Alex got his house or not. All right. Um, I want to get to our guest. What do I have to share with the class? Um, I did some good work over the weekend. I was privileged to train in one of our training programs in Seattle, Washington. So that was a, a privilege and a delight. But I don't have, you know, usually I come back with something and I have some things, but I don't have anything more important than talking to our guests. So are you ready to jump into our delicious, wonderful, and amazing guest today? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Never been more ready. Terry Bell <laughs> holds a master's degree, a CAGS, and is the world's first master certified coach. She's a purposeful coaching leader since 1987. Um, you know, right around when you were born, Alex, a recipient of the Global Coaching Leadership Award. And I was privileged to be there when she received the 2018 ICF Circle of Distinction Award. She offers coaching, coach training, and mentoring on five continents. She founds and directs Success Unlimited Network. She is an accredited ACTP. Sorry, that's an accredited ACTP rooted in life purpose and spirituality. Her books, Coaching with Spirit and Facilitating Life Purpose, along with many Amazon publications, are foundational and you should have them on your shelf. Um, She's just an extraordinary human being and a delight to be with. I welcome back to our microphones, Terry Bell. Hello. Hello, Christopher. I'm so happy to be here. Finally. (laughs) I'm delighted to have you. Uh, Look around outside. Where are you today? I have relocated to Marblehead, Massachusetts. Beautiful. Marblehead is uh, is coastal. Is that true? It is very much so. I can smell and feel the ocean, which is right there. I just can't see it. There's a condo in the way. Be careful, Alex may buy that condo. Um, okay. <laughs> I I have asked this question so many times over the years. I've had this podcast for since we called it internet radio about 18 years ago. And one of the things that I have surprised to find is that everyone I've asked this question, including you, has said yes. Here's the question: Is coaching ultimately a spiritual endeavor? Of course. I hope to say more about that in our time together. Well, go right ahead. In in what way do you find it spiritual? How is it? You know, there are a lot of people out there. They send me emails every day talking about coaching as a money-making opportunity, right? I can have seven figures, eight figures, 27 figures earning, earning in my coaching practice. Will you share your perspective about how it's truly spiritual? Okay. I can ask you a better question if you like. 
No, that's good. It just would take about 10 hours to answer it. Let me see what might be most useful. Thank you. I think what makes it spiritual is a phrase I picked up a long time ago from my own head. And it said that coaching is an excuse. Coaching is an excuse for authentic conversations among people who want to get to the essence, to the core of who they are. Ah, that's it. Pretty good. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel I have a, a mission as a coach, a spiritual mission. And I'm, I'm a guide. I'm a guide for the co-creation of a space of silence out of which the expression of our essence can come forward. And to the, to the best of my ability, I infuse this space with unconditional love and acceptance for myself and my clients in which we both can truly be who we are. How many people have been in the space of someone where they can truly be who they are? And for a time period, you know, for us, it's at least about five months. Wow. Um, I personally am in authentic service to the sacred and to learning and grateful for whatever happens. So that's my spiritual mission as a coach. There's so much deliciousness to unpack there. I love that you started with love of self and space for yourself, because I know that certainly for me as a coach, I'm often double you know, doubting myself or double, uh, you know, sort of going back, oh, I should have said or could have said or something like that. Do you feel, this may be too woo-woo of a question, but do you feel like you're channeling something when you're coaching sometimes? Do you feel sort of like the words aren't yours? I have a huge smile on my face because within the first few weeks of being a coach, um, I didn't know what to do. I, I was like, you know, I didn't have all this training. And besides, I don't think training is what did it. I think it was experience and mishaps that, that made me a good coach. Um, but during the first few weeks, when I didn't know what to do, I would put my eyes up and go, oh, my gosh, help. And something would come to me. And I asked a friend, I said, is that, am I going crazy? There are these things coming to me, these words, yeah. these ideas. And the person said, nah, you're just channeling. I went, channel? Oh, no, I don't do that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Don't put that on me. <laughs> uh, don't give me your woo-woo definition. Right. Yeah. But then it was about 47 years ago, I counted. So it wasn't about, it was 47 years ago. I was sitting in a bookstore in it's one of those like an Alice in Wonderland experience where there were big rooms and then there were smaller rooms and smaller rooms. And it was like a maze. And I was following it all the way to the end. And then I sat down. And shortly after I sat down, a book came flying out of three levels up on my shoulder. It wasn't a big book, so it didn't hurt, but it certainly got my attention. Wow. And I opened it and it said something like, um, if, if you're ready to read this, here's the book or something like that. And I went, 
oh, okay. So I started reading it and it was fascinating. And I read until they closed the bookstore and kicked me out and I bought the book. And that's became the source of my ancient wisdom that started to become integrated in my life. And the name of the book is the Kybalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, not to be confused with the Kabbalah, which is the Jewish mysticism. And the Kabbalion, oh, I'll say much more about that, otherwise I'll take the whole time. So I started looking at that and coaching. Terry, will you tell us what the book is? Because I've like I've never heard of just to give us a just a quick glimpse of what that okay, book is about. Certainly. And I'll give you the um internet link sure. also because it has all of a sudden become popular uh and is becoming very commercialized, which makes me frown. So you want to get the free version. And it is ww.kibalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N dot org slash the Kabbalion dot pdf that's the free version i'll give you a bit of what it is so um if you could go back in time before you could even imagine that you're going back that far to the time when the spiritual wisdom or ancient wisdom, I don't know if they called it spiritual, was known by the father and passed on to the son who grew up and became a father who passed on generation after generation. And this is the way it was with the men at that time, because it was sacred, sacred wisdom. And supposedly someone by the name of Hermes Trismegistus, had written all as much as he could down. And it comprised about 42 books and it was hidden in the Egyptian desert. It has seven principles of life. There, It's a simple read. My version is 75 pages. It's a simple read, but oh my gosh, it's so profound. And it explains coaching completely. And what I did to prepare for this is I looked at each of our new competencies and explained why each competency is based on ancient wisdom. And you'll recognize all the religions that you have nowadays. They're all sourced in the Kabbalion. This was in 4200, or 6200, 4200 BC. I mean, a long time ago. There wasn't even a thing called BC because C hadn't even come out yet. (laughs) And it got resurrected again. Um, It had been summarized on an emerald tablet. How about that? And that's been translated into every language. And of course, translation diminishes the purity of the language, but that's the best we have. Um, It came up again during the Greek and Egyptian time with our famous Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, which would be 400 to 600 BC. And they used it in their dialogues. They, and I'll say more about that. They used it 
they used it. And then it went quiet again and is coming back now. That's the Kibalion. That's really interesting and really cool. I um thanks for sharing that. I've never heard of I've never heard of this book before, but now I'm most excited. people haven't. That's one that's that's my coaching. Okay. I told you my personal spiritual vision or purpose, mission. My coaching profession mission is to increase awareness of the foundation of the profession. And of course, this starts with our eight competencies. And the foundation of the competencies are the principles of spirituality. Do you think people can be great coaches without embracing some form of spirituality? They certainly don't have to call it spirituality. I know some people, some famous people in the coaching world, who will not use the word spirituality because that for them is when they are in church and do their particular practice. I think whether people recognize it or not, fantastic coaching, MCC coaching is in the realm of spiritual, what I'm calling spirituality. And you'll, I can start giving some examples or see where it goes. Again, I'm, I'm prepared to talk about each competency and what, what is the root? Where does it come from? If, I mean, the way I hear you, what, what I hear you really talking about is I remember when I was working for, on my PCC and if I was using my brain too much, right? <laughs> if I was trying to get it right or ask the right question or get a client somewhere, it, it didn't help with that. But I also recognize it in when I am working with clients and I feel that way, it often doesn't help. Um, often what helps is, is, you know, uh, you know, my mentors would say something like lean back, but I think it's something like I'll pick up my dog and I'll hold my dog. Which, and that gets me out of my head. Right. And connected into my body, into feeling into, I think that open space. And then all of a sudden to your point, you're hit with some question to ask that, you know, is the question that cracks that human open and, and, and has us go in a direction that is so much more powerful for them. That's Alex, how I hear you just described a spiritual experience to me. And it doesn't need to have the word spiritual. It's knowing there's something larger than you that's available than your head brain and your head brain connects to it. The, the overriding context in the Kabbalion before you even get to the seven principles is mentalism. The whole world is made up of the mental, the entire world. I mean, I'm holding up a pen right now. Where did that come from? It came from someone's mind. Someone created it, right? Everything that is out there has been created because of our mind. That's where the power lies. And when we gain mastery of our head brain, then we can manifest what we can manifest. I was going to say what we want, but it might be what we need. It might be what we desire. I mean, there's, I don't know how to finish that sentence. So we can manifest. And that's how the world exists. But you also said something else that's pivotal, and that is space for inside. 
that is where all the invisible stuff resides. That's our power. Um, imagination, intuition, love, ego, emotions and feelings. I mean, all these things are the inside stuff and the Kabbalion teaches us how to live from the inside as a way of creating the outside. It's, it's like an operations manual <laughs> for, for living and for, they say, the growth of the soul. So we don't quite say the growth of the soul in our competencies, but in we do mention reflective practice. Right? That's which is new. Yeah. Not been there. Mm-hmm. I guess what there are a couple of things that that attach to this for me. And the first, I suppose the first thing we need to address is that uh is there any any you know the sorry, the context for my question is that we we certainly know here in North America, but also I would assert through most of the Western world the fastest growing religion, so to speak, is the box marked spiritual comma, not religious, right? There are, there's a clear movement away from organized religion, at least in North America, as I said, mm-hmm. is there a religious bent to this set of principles? In other words, does it align with any particular religion or is, you know, using it sort of a gateway drug into some sort of organized religion? I looked up my facts, so if we did a fact check, I'd just see that it was 2600 BC, and I said the wrong date before. Is, we'll let that one go no, this okay. time. Let me, let me give an example. Um, I'm sure many people have read or know about the expression, as above, so below. Right? That yes. came from Kabbalion. That was one I picked the most common one I could think of. It's the principle of correspondence as above, so below, as inside, so outside. And once we, a a master of the principles of living will apply them intelligently and intentionally, consistently. A novice like myself, who's only been studying it for 40 some years and still being a human being and living in the world, a novice will do it randomly and haphazardly. So the as above, so below, as inside, so outside is is a very obvious thing which came from the Kabbalion. Why, and the Kabbalion says that the principle of vibration and everything is vibrating. If you look at your foot, I'm picking that on purpose, Alex. If you look at your foot, you don't see the vibrations of your foot, but it is vibrating. Everything is vibrating, everything. So if it's vibrating, Do we have the wisdom, the capacity 
to control our levels of vibration? That's a really fundamental question. And most people say, not all the time. Well, not much. Maybe not. <laughs> people say, how do you control your vibrations? And why do we do this? Well, we do it so that we, when we're at a certain level of vibration, it's the carrier for purposefulness, for evolution, and fulfillment. That's what life is about, purposefulness, evolution, and fulfillment. But how do we do it? The Kabbalion says we have the capacity as a human being to have perfect control over our vibrational level of those things that are invisible, the inside stuff. We have perfect control. And you know the competency that says, I think it's embodying the coaching mindset, uh, that we engage in reflective practice. Uh, we can control our, manage or regulate. I think that might be the word, regulate our emotions and be emotionally and mentally prepared, if I'm correct there. Well, we have total control over that because that's inside. How do we get that? Well, over, I have a longer class, which is about 10 and a half hours. And in that class for years, I've been collecting ways that people increase their vibration so that I have a, a, a group of information. And it's things that people do. It's, it's meditation. It's mindfulness. It's dance. Sufi dancing is a wonderful example because when you spin fast enough, you release energy and it puts you at a different level without drugs, I think. I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> I've read about it. Uh, music, the Largo beat, Baroque, classical music, sets up a vibrational level of, of the hemisync of the two parts of the brain two hemispheres of the brain. Um, going in nature, I take my dog, grand dog, for a walk every morning. And that you can feel when your vibration is higher. You feel more expansive and connected to everything that's out there. And just being with the dog, looking in his eyes and telling him I love him. Most people do this, and I'm patting my head. Good dog, good dog. They don't look in the eyes. The eyes are a very special part of us and have a supposedly stronger connection to the soul. Look in the eyes. When we look, when my dog and I look in each other's eyes, there's this, this love. It was like when I swam with a dolphin. It was a love beyond any love I've ever experienced. I looked into the eyes of the dolphin, and I thought I, would, I was gone. I was at oneness with the universe. This, so vibration, that's another. This explains why Chris. This explains why Christopher will never look me right in the eyes. It's so much is clear now. Um, what happens when clients come to you and they're not in this spiritual conversation yet? Uh, you know, they they excellent. They hear it, you know, it's like way too woo-woo. It's too far out. You know, they want results. They want to make more money. What? How does that go? I'm a bridge, Alex. I, I sense a person and I match their vibrational level. That's the first thing I do. And 
if they want to go beyond, I take a little baby step and they don't want to go there. I don't go there. So I have the language for business because I came from that, that world and I would start there. I would talk about, well, I'll, I'll give you an example, if, if I may. That be okay? A yeah, physician please. from Florida contacted me decades ago and said, I want to open up another practice. I have one and my wife and I want more money and figure if I can open up another practice in another location, we can double our income. Okay. That sure doesn't have anything spiritual in it, but I can make anything spiritual. I can talk about money and energy, but I didn't go there. And we went through a traditional program and about halfway into it, he said, my staff are really concerned that I will not be available to them as much because I will be managing the other business for a while. And I said, well, instead of concern, what would you like them to experience? And doing that, reframing, is clearly identified in the Kabbalion. I can come back to that, okay? So I said, so what do you want them to experience? He said, well, trust and confidence. And Okay. Now, this physician was someone who was a radiologist and worked with charts a lot. So I knew his MO, his, his way of working. And I said, well, you know, we've been monitoring and all of the results that you want every time we get together, because that's what I do. I'm also kind of statistically record keeping organized person. I'm really two headed. <laughs> um, and I said, how on earth are you going to measure trust and confidence? He said, well, I, I could just create a, a chart, a grid. And uh, we could have a scale. I said, like what? He said, oh, one to 10. And we could check in with them. I said, okay, you want to do that? He said, yeah, I'd like to try that. I'd like to try that because I want to make sure I keep my staff happy. I said, okay, so now we've opened up a whole new door. And you're talking about the quality of life you want them to have, not just what they're doing. He said, yeah. And it was so matter-of-factly, and I knew we had opened a door into something much, much, he had opened the door. We had opened the door to something much, much bigger. So that's how I got in. Then I had one more quick example, if I may. A very senior U.S. federal government employee came to me to plan his retirement out of the government. And one of the things I do in coaching is every week I have a I have a client look at every life area just to see if any of it has been jiggled or juggled uh, or made different as a result of what's what we're working on. And we were checking in and one of the cards he had created was spiritual, you know, whatever the life areas are. And he said, you know what, I'd like to get back into the martial arts. I haven't done that for a long time. I said, okay, you want to put that on something for the time in between our meetings? Yeah, I do. Okay, so he did, and he came back. And from that point on, he wasn't planning his retirement anymore. And two meetings later, 
I said, I'm being delinquent. You wanted to plan your retirement, and we're talking about the effects on your life, tremendous effects of going back into the martial arts. He said, oh, now that I'm back in touch with my spirituality, I can plan my own retirement. I'd rather keep the conversation going where we're going. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. That's beautiful. Uh, um, I'm going to take it, Alex, unless I, I see you chomping at the bit. Go for it. So, Terry, I want to give us some context, uh, another context point. You wrote Coaching with Spirit. Was it 2002? Yes, that's when it was published. And I remember the first time we spoke about that. You know, I, when I saw your book, I was astounded. I remember thinking back in those early days of coaching, you know, wow, she said it out loud. <laughs> it's right there on the title. Um, because it was such an unusual thing, right? To Alex's point, most people wanted the, you know, the money, the fame, the prestige to write that book and become, you know, something other than they were. I'll, I'll out myself to say that uh, coaching is the first thing I've ever done as a profession where I felt absolutely that I was channeling or not. It was not based on my wisdom, but plugging into something. So I guess I guess I have a, a basic question, which is what you're talking about today may seem revolutionary to a lot of people, right? This ancient wisdom, bringing that into the core competencies, bringing that into our coach training. But I remind us all that you were out on the sort of tip of the spear or the vanguard of uh, things, spirituality back in 2002. I wonder if you'd speak a bit to your own journey as well as what you've seen the coaching journey has been over those 20-ish years? That's a really good question, Christopher. First of all, I'm going to share a secret, and that is the word spirit, when the publisher accepted it, wasn't the definition we're talking about here. 
the person who was my, I don't remember what they call him, the person who was my contact at the publisher, at the publishing company, was very much into sports. And he said, yeah, team spirit, coaching, right, I love it. (laughs) And that's what he thought. And You snuck one by. (laughs) Yeah. We and the people like you who say, "Oh yeah, that's you know that's maverick." I knew that people would get it. The other thing was the definition I put. I had the word "love" in unconditional love, and the publisher told me, "You can't use that word in our books. We don't publish the word love in books." So I thought, "Do I pull it from the publisher?" This was one of the top five publishers in the world, and it was a series of miracles how I even got the call on the middle of a Christmas party saying, we want your book. Don't send us the original stuff here. Just here's the contract. Wow. Yeah, that was, I have a lot of Terry stories. Maybe someday I'll do a Terry talk book or something. So the personal journey, um, It started probably when I was born, unless before I was born, but it wasn't clear to me until I was about nine or 10 years old. I walked past a Catholic church on the way to school and I was curious, it was a nice building. And I went in and I felt the energy. I liked the energy. So I started doing what the people were doing. They would, you know, do, they would uh, genuflex, they would sit up and down and kneel. And I started copying them. I had no idea what it was about, but I liked the energy there. And I figured I better look like one of them or they'll kick me out. I got a little older and I attended the Presbyterian church, the Greek Orthodox church and the Jewish temple. And I came to the conclusion that all of these buildings had the same energy. I started sharing that with adults. They went. No, right? Not at all. No, no, that makes no sense at all. That's very different than what we do. Do. So I clammed up. When I got to college, I went to Oberlin College, and they had a very strong uh, religious training. It's not what I took. I took, what did I take in college? Psychology and educational learning. But I... I started talking with beliefs, and again, I couldn't find anyone who would understand that they're all the same. And I even studied the in college the uh, Eastern, you know, Taoism and Confucianism and all all the wonderful Bhagavad Gita, all that stuff. And I still felt it was the same. Okay. So then a girlfriend invited me to go up to a farm. I had no idea why, but when I got into the parking lot, I started vibrating and I'm not a vibrator. I'm not one of those people, but I felt such strong, loving energy. It felt like the churches and the synagogues. And when I was interacting with the people for years, that also felt familiar. So I started taking some of their classes and they were um, about life, not any particular religion. And I could talk to people. 
So I started talking and unloading all of this stuff that had been my awareness that no one else would talk with me about. Um, I then dabbled in some other interesting uh, arenas that gave me some more facts, but it was always the same energy. I seemed to be attracted. And then when this Kabbalion fell on my shoulder, it was like, oh, this has been written down. Look at that. And they all come from, yes, I recognize this, I recognize that. And they all came from that. So I feel really comfortable. There, and I have my, I guess I would conclude with, the people who've taken my class have decided that it would be useful for us to meet and talk about these things, how life is unfolding and how we're relating to it. So we have a weekly, we've done it for two years now, a weekly one hour time, which is my favorite time of the whole week. Well, second to this one, but I get it. Uh, I'm teasing. We should remind people that because you've mentioned many times that you've got lots of opportunities to work with you, which is extraordinary because I, I hear in you a real vibrance uh, and urgency in your need to share these principles and to connect with coaches and to lead the coaching profession once again uh, in a more spiritual direction. I am grateful for that because certainly you're at a place in your career where you might be considering retirement or slowing down, but I appreciate that you're not. <laughs> we need you. Um, the website is successunlimitednet.com. That is the name is Success Unlimited Network. The business website is success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, -S, unlimited, U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, net, N-E-T, dot com. We'll put it, of course, upon the coaching show notes as well. Um, what tell us some of the programs that people can register for or that you're more excited to present? Because I know there are lots of them, including Coaching Demystified, a self-paced tutorial where people can sort of do it at their own pace and, and improve their coaching as they go. Right. Well, my favorite thing right now is and it starts at the end of May. It's what I do every year, it used to be annual, but I was begged to do two this year, and I hope I will be eventually begged to do five, because this is what I would like to do. It's a 10 and a half hour class. It's about um, partnering in the, in the space of wisdom and learning what the Kabbalion says. That's the easy part because it's the application. So it's only like once a month and some months we even skip so that people can have experiences and try things out. Um, in a current class right now, uh, one of the homeworks, for example, is pay attention to whether you are making your decisions from the inside or from the outside. That's it, sounds simple, right? But it brings a lot of awareness, right? Or how does oh. your intuition show up? Most people never really thought of where in the body does their in, in, intuition come from. And how do the three brains, they don't mention that in the Kabbalion, but the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain, how do the three brains fit into the, the principles of life? So that's my very favorite thing. And, you know, if you get in touch with me, I can send your information. I will not have more than 11 people in a class because I want 
and they're from all over the world. This next one is all over the world. And I do have three spaces left. So, and then I will announce a January one in a few months, starting in January. It's only two and a half hours. And when we're on your website, what is that called? Um, I don't have it on the website. You have to get in touch with me directly. Oh my God. A human contact. You can't do it just electronically. Well, you can email me. Email me. I actually, I never thought of putting it on the website. It's so uh, great. So bad. No, it's great. People actually have to interact with you. Yeah. The, there's a whole generation of people who won't. I understand. Coach at Belf.org. That's your email is coach, C-O-A-C-H. B-E-L-F dot org. Okay. And that's how we get in there. That sounds amazing. Um, Alex, I know that I've been sort of squeezing you out and I definitely want to give you equal time, but I do have a follow-up if you don't mind. Go for it. Because my question, my next question is a slightly different direction. So go. To the left turn, yeah. Um, so Terry, we've, we've talked about it. The, sorry, I just need to articulate my thinking. I, I want to talk about the slippery slope that is internally driven coaching. That is, you and I know that coaching it when it's at its best, we're sort of a channel. We're sort of saying things or going places that we didn't concoct with our brain. At the same time, to me, that seems like the most rich part of coaching. It also seems the most dangerous because when I think of other people doing it, I'm concerned that their ego, their you know, their intuition or connection will be confused with an ego or a bias or an unconscious, you know, systemic problem that will be further. How do you, and I know it's an impossible question, so I apologize, but what do you, how do you encounter that? How do you support people in choosing between our, you know, highest selves, if you will, the, the piece that's connected to spirit and all of it from the part that may be connected a little lower level, like our biases and our, you know, desires. Yeah. Ego driven. Um, the first thing I thought of is the plumbing profession. Because there are good plumbers and there are bad plumbers. There are plumbers who are licensed. There are plumbers who are not licensed. There are plumbers that come in, I've had one, and make a mess of your sink so you have to have it replaced. And they say they didn't do the crack in the bottom. I have that. Yeah. I met that plumber, yes. Okay. So now if I apply that to coaches, I don't think the people who who are ego-driven and biased would even find it interesting to want to coach with spirit. You know, I mean, there, there are things I do. One has to, I think, and I might be biased now, I think that one has to prepare oneself for the gift of being a coach in partnership with someone. And there's a lot of preparation. You asked about my journey. Well, my journey included learning about what food to eat, learning about the importance of certain kinds of exercise, learning about perspective. That was my biggest learning. And I can thank the Pleiades up there for giving me that when my 
when my high school boyfriend and I split up and I thought it was the end of the world and I lay on the the grass at night and I looked up and I said to the Pleiades with tears in my eyes, do you know what's going on with me? And they said, "Uh, give us a break. We have so many more important things to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually got what they were saying. What are the important things to deal with that are bigger than me? And I go to the Pleiades whenever I'm stuck. (laughs) But I don't think people are prepared to do that unless they are prepared. Then they recognize they have a choice to do that or not. So am I answering your question? I mean, there. Christopher, do you feel like, do you get what you wanted? You're on mute. I'm thinking, people. I'm thinking. Um, I love, there's no better answer than the plumber, uh, except perhaps the Pleiades. I, I want to acknowledge that. I guess one of the things I was going to ask Alex as, as we were sort of starting up today is if he, as a, as a, you know, younger, more recently begun coach finds himself being superstitious. So do you mind if I, if I take this to the side, Alex, I know that you've chomping at the bit with some questions here, but are you superstitious? Do you find yourself doing superstitious things? A little. So early on in coaching, I counted the money before I got it, right? Like somebody said they would hire me and I wrote it down like as in my accounting, you know, and I put them on my list of new clients on my whiteboard that I have. And then they, 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 you know, they didn't come through. They, they ghosted me basically. And I remember going, I'm never going to put somebody on the whiteboard in the slot until their paperwork comes in and their money's gotten. Yeah. And since I've done that, I've never had somebody (laughs) not fulfill. Now, you know, maybe I have because they didn't go in the spot, so I wouldn't notice. Right. So it's, it's kind of silly that writing them on the board, counting the money, it has nothing to do with whether they do or they don't. Um, But I would say that's kind of a superstition. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, I think I'm trying to think if that's when it comes to business, I definitely think that is probably the one that like, I still like, I still do that. I still don't count the money. I still don't. And I even like when somebody starts working with me, I send them a little thank you note. I send them a copy of my book. Like I do, I send them a little kind of cool package to say, thank you for getting, you know, getting started. I also don't send that until I've received everything. Like, right. Right. Like they, it's their, I'm actually trusting and having faith they're going to do their thing and then it'll be my turn again. Um, So, yeah, I do want to say, though, with with this that connects to this. I had a client who um, I actually have two now that want to walk with me on the beach and do our sessions. They don't want to sit at a desk or at a table or on the phone and at first it was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm getting paid to walk on the beach. And there was the other voice that was like, Christopher would not approve of this. This is not, you know, ICF, you know, approved coaching. And, and I remember, Terry, to, to your point, I remember saying, this is what the client's asking for, right? They're actually, their businesses are going well to, you know, to a degree. And the first client I did it with, when we got to the beach, I, you know, and we started walking, I said, what do you want to talk about today? You know, what's your request? However I said it. 
And they were like, I want to talk about spirituality. I want to talk about, have a conversation about that. And I remember being like, I had to trust, you know, I had to have faith and trust. And it's not the superstition conversation, but I did have to let go and, and trust, you know, that everyone's different and everyone's in their unique space. And, you know. In, uh, in Coaching with Spirit, one of the chapters is unusual things having to do with the coaching. One was a person who coached on horseback. Oh, wow. Another was someone who coached on a sail, on a moving sailboat. And for people who ask, I would guess that they are very kinesthetic. They think that way. My former husband couldn't think unless he was pacing. Yeah. I and that's what gave him the connection to do that. And so I think that's wonderful. And we are also being paid for our personal growth. Right? Yeah. We are getting paid to grow personally. It's a requirement of our profession. And we're being paid. That's cool. Thanks. Christopher, so to come back around, because I, I want to know why you wanted to ask that. What was the, yeah. the, why did you ask that question? Well, I was, I was sort of still on my, my bent about what is spiritual and what is not. Because especially as we go more into like ancient wisdom and, and broaden our spiritual mindset, I couldn't let go this morning, but preparing for this, believe it or not, I prepared, uh, uh, this this notion of superstition, I just saw it throughout my day. I realized, you know, I put on cologne before this because obviously on the Zoom, I want to smell good for you. And I realized that I have superstitious thoughts about my colognes. Like I think certainly certain colognes are bad colognes and I don't know why I don't throw those out. And certain colognes are, are correlated for success. And I thought, what kind of nuttiness is this? And so as we talk about everything from intuition to, you know, inner knowing versus outer knowing, I just wanted to open the door and peek in the area of superstition and find out because I love that. I love what you shared as a superstition. It's sort of a business practice, but it's sort of a superstition, right? Mine is clearly way over in the superstitious weirdness camp, it's, right? It's superstition. I think because of the way I relate to it, it's not a biz, It's not a business structure. I don't say, hey, this is how I run my business. I don't do it because I'm afraid if I put their name up there <laughs> before I get the money it's 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 like I'm jinxing it right I'm like it's like the horse the horse the cart before the horse or something right and I wanted to give Terry I wanted to get Terry's voice in here because I'm imagining that in as she's studied this ancient wisdom as she said so beautifully only for about 40 years uh if if you've got an idea or if you've encountered your own superstition differently or what what you had to say about that. And forgive me if there's nothing to say about it. I would have said I'm not superstitious, but when you gave your example, a whole bunch came in. The jewelry that I decide to wear for a particular day, the clothes that, that I wear, for me, yeah. the earrings that I wear, I changed twice. And I didn't think we were going to have a video, but I it had to be in alignment with what I was feeling. I so love that. I, so, I feel so not alone now. Um, I also have an uncanny ability, which I've had all along, but didn't recognize it and didn't use it, to be able to switch in a moment to whatever is needed, which might be very different than where I was going to go. It's sort of like 
I kick out the ego. I kick out the biases. I'm, I'm not a very biased person. I know there's a lot of conversation about it. I'm trying to find, I mean, for me, I am a, I am a bias. I am a walking, talking, breathing bias because everything about me is my preferences. I prefer, um, I prefer salmon to grouper as fish. Okay, that's a bias. I prefer it. So I made a list of all what I prefer, and it's like it makes me up. It's everything about me. Um, I never connected superstitions with coaching. That's brilliant, and I'm going to bring that to my class, if I may. <laughs> I guess I'm very superstitious, and I know myself and what I need to do to be in... Okay, the bottom line, because I'm babbling out loud, the bottom line is I have to be in sync with myself before anything. And I will do things that may look like superstitions because they're habits to make sure that I feel right. I had one story that was shared at a, an ACTO conference and got the whole room laughing. Uh, I I love the Native American. I lived in New Mexico for a little bit. I love the whole Native American everything. And I have clothing with fringes and beads and stuff like that. So I woke up and that's what felt like I should wear. I was meeting for the first time a business executive. And my head said, you can't go to the door in person. You can't go to the door with this outfit. This is not appropriate. Yeah. I went to the door with that outfit and the guy said, oh, I don't believe I told you that I'm part Native American. Wow. At that point, I realized I was in alignment without knowing it. I have to feel in alignment. Then I'm on. And there are times when I'm not on because I'm not yet intentional and intelligent and consistent in my manifestation, <laughs> but I'm getting better. I, um, God, I think this applies to so many levels. Uh, Christopher is going to know what I'm talking about, but I joke sometimes that if you see me out, I might look like a walking jewelry store. And for a man, that's like more, uh, noticeable than often for a woman. Um, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it is uh, spirituality, but in a sense, I, you know, I go, this is who I am. I know like this is part, this is just part of who I am is it's how I express myself. And um, there's a piece, whether it be romantically or even with clients, like, Hey, if this, if this doesn't work for you, then you're actually not my people. You know, if you need me to swap clothes with Christopher, for you to be my people, then that's a, then I have to trust that um, that we're not supposed to be in each other's orbit. Not like a in a bad way, but that in I think that there's a um, people do. Uh, I think this as a coaching conversation, we're often like shifting and chameleoning to try to get the people right, whether it be in love or friendship or clients or our business. Oh. I'm going to this meeting. I should dress like this because they'll then, right? And maybe there's some superstition in that. Maybe it's some wishful thinking. Maybe it's some um, 
strategy. You know, I don't know, but I think it does take a layer of faith to say, Hey, I'm going to be me, whatever me is and trust that it will actually all work out exactly as it's supposed to in that. Right. Um, I don't know if there's any of that in there. I know I can see the faith and the spirituality in there. I don't know if there's any, you know, well, trust, I think, is a big, 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 big word. Trust, trust in yourself. I know that our time has flown by, and I want to talk about 5,000 more things. But I know that you're a very generous person, and you've offered, I think, a copy of your book, Increasing Coaching Competency Using Ancient Wisdom, subtitled The Spiritual Side of Coaching from 2014, for one of our lucky listeners. Uh, in the electronic version. Um, how about this? Pick a number between one and 12. Me? Yes. That's Please. easy, 11. Okay, good. So um, if you are the 11th person to email producer at thecoachingshow.com, you will get a copy of, an electronic copy of Increasing coach, Coaching Competency Using Ancient Wisdom, The Spiritual Side of Coaching. It's very kind of you and very generous. Oh, what fun. Thank you for facilitating this. The, um, the thing that I, I want to give you a chance before we have to wrap up is you've worked so hard to connect these ancient principles, these ancient spiritual principles to the core coaching competencies. Will you, will you give us one that sort of connects and how you see the connection so that we can be tantalized? Yes, I will give you one. I'll give you a shorter one. Um, yeah, let's, let's look at establishes and maintains agreement. Okay. A great one. Yeah. Okay. So when we establish agreement, spiritual perspective, we tap into the vast vibrational energy of the all. The Kabbalion uses all when it means God or source or whatever you wish to put in there. We tap into the vast vibrational energy. For what reason? To find the synergy of the partnership. The partnership of what? Of human desire, connection, and spiritual growth. That's what we're tapping it into. And the coach and client co-create that vibrational cord through intention and focus. It becomes a form, which we would call the agreement. And one could say that this sets the stage for the experience and alignment of two people, or if it's more than one client, two people's purpose. That would be establishing agreement. Human desire, connection, and spiritual growth. That's why we get into agreement. It's beautiful. Alex, before we wrap, do you have a, a final question for Terry? Or do you want me to? I, I'm conscious that I've been edging you out of this conversation. You're, I, I've got, there's a lot of trust and faith over here in the, it's all gone perfect. No, I think, um, I, I don't have another question. I just want to thank you, Terry, for, for, um, opening up a conversation here with us. And I think with coaches, that's really important. I think coaches, it seems like there's two, 
two versions. People either are in the like very, very woo woo, very, very spiritual. And there's not a lot like the competencies are don't exist. It's all in, in a woo is not even the right word, but it's all in a spiritual feeling space. And then I think there's people that go through more like of a, uh, international coach federation style trainings that get more of the grounded, like we need to hit the competencies. We need to do it right. And it seems like it does, it, it happens, but it often takes a while for coaches to realize. I think the magic is found in the combination. Um, That's so it's really I bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really nice to hear the first MCC, which means you're ahead of Christopher and better. Um, come on here and share the opportunities in that and that it's not, Hey, go coach this one way or go coach this one way Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it's when we bring them together. um, That's where the magic is. So just, I just want to say thank you for that. Right. Thank you. You know, it's, it's extraordinary. I've heard you described as an emissary of purposeful being, and it's exactly how I experience you. Every time I've been with you, it's just been, a delight and eye-opening and heartful. Um, I know that you work with people in a bunch of different ways, including discovering their life purpose and creating that in a practical and consistent way as the the sort of main guidepost in their life choices and their projects and fulfillment. I wonder as you know, from your lofty position where you've seen coaching develop over the last how many, how many years, and you've seen your own awareness and interest change, if you have sort of a parting thought or a parting shot today for several thousand coaches listening, anything you'd like to leave us with to either chew on or consider today? I do. And that's an instant reflex response. I have a plea. I have a plea. We're accepting all pleas today. Yes. (laughs) When you learn something new, if anything has sparked you, let's say from this conversation we've had, think immediately about how you can apply it that day or at least within a week. Never leave a new insight or awareness or aha hanging. The Kabbalion axiom underlying this is the possession of knowledge unless expressed in action or manifestation is a vain and foolish thing. Knowledge is intended for use. Mm. So I've lived my life that way ever since that was made known to me. Any book I read, any article, any podcast, any person I talk to, any movie I see, everything is flooding new possibilities in me. I pick one and I integrate it into my life. That's my plea. Beautiful. I'm so grateful for you being in this world. I'm so grateful for the work that you've done and how you have led us in typically humble and service-based ways. Thank you so much for all the work you've done, but more than that, for who you be, for coaching and for all of us. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you very much. I'm sorry it took so long to get here. (laughs) It's delightful to have you. All right. That is Terry Bell. Alex, 
And also there's an Adam behind the scenes that I want to thank and Alexandra. And this is a wonderful group. It's been a pleasure. I could go on for hours and I'm done. You're very kind. Thank you so much. I want to remind people the way to find Terry and, and find out more about her extraordinary work is successunlimitednet.com. And she's given you the keys to the kingdom here. You can reach her by emailing coach, C-O-A-C-H, at belf, B-E-L-F dot O-R-G. Terry, thank you for everything. So great to be with you. Alex, Any, uh, you are... We should remind people, Alex, you're available at thedreammason.com, where the Dream Mason podcast is, and people can get a copy of your book, Fictional Authenticity. Anything that you want to say to the class? Both books now. Redefining Masculinity um, is out. It's funny how I keep forgetting that one. <laughs> no, you don't like that one. They, uh, Redefining Masculinity and Fictional Authenticity are both out. And um, if people want them, they can get them from the website or Amazon. But if they also reach out to me, I am signing them, sending personal messages and uh, shipping them out to people personally if they're interested. Sort of a cameo. You'll provide a video uh, testimony. You know, I found out how much my signature was worth. It's um, Let's just say it's not as much as if I had been a professional baseball player. But <laughs> true. people are That's paying true. me to sign something, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> um, I, you know. I have a tip for you, though, because uh, I know that you're a prolific writer and you've written two books now or you've written a book and, and contributed to another. Did you hear Terry talk about how um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it? The Kabbalion was discovered, buried in the desert in Egypt. Have you thought about maybe distributing your book that way? <laughs> um, you know, I uh, Joshua Tree isn't far. That's right. Maybe, there you go. Maybe we do like a remote episode from Joshua Tree and I dig a hole and I bury a book and just we see what happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned, my dear listener, for this and other developments as they as they arise. And I thank you, as always, for listening each and every week as we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, pioneers in coaching and people you need to know about. We do that every week right here on The Coaching Show. I'm Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. And this program is available on Accomplishment Media or wherever you like to get your podcast supply. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>